it is important that you know this. This is a little bit of a confession. In seminary, I cried every day in Greek class, <laughs> the language of the New Testament. And I got so upset during my Hebrew exam, the language of the Old Testament, that um, I had to leave the classroom in tears and gather myself to come back and to finish my exam. Um, I've never had this problem before. I'm not a weepy person, especially in public, um, especially over school, but languages did me in in the seminary. I didn't have to even take languages to graduate, um, but there was something I guess I felt like I had to prove. Uh, all my friends were doing it. Um, I don't think it was a motive for scripture to come alive for me, for me to take those languages. Um, but I think it was probably a little bit more of, I was going to learn what the Bible actually said um, so I could argue it best. I was still at that place in my second year of divinity school. There was one right way to understand scripture, I was sure, and I was going to be the one to figure it out and be able to argue it in my life. At a small divinity school, they don't always offer every class every semester. Um, and so it just the way that the cycles of classes go, uh, if you wanted to graduate with languages, which I will say, my diploma does say with languages, um, because I, I did pass despite everything else, um, you had to take two classes of one biblical language and one semester of another one. Um, because of a lot of different reasons, there were too many students who signed up for Greek this semester that I signed up for Greek. Um, so that meant that they had to divide our class into two. Half of the students, the first half of the alphabet, um, got the teacher who normally taught Greek. The rest of us got a different professor, a professor who was brilliant in Greek, but actually had no teaching experience when it came to languages. In fact, he usually taught things like ethics, um, things that don't have rules to follow, but concepts that you teach and talk about and pontificate on. He was not a good Greek teacher. Uh, I have a lot of respect for this professor, uh, incredibly brilliant man, but he was not a good Greek teacher. Um, and I was an even worse Greek student. <laughs> I did not end the semester being able to stand up before you and read my Greek New Testament and argue anything I wanted. Um, but I did cry in every class, um, <laughs> every class, not sobs, but just a little few tears at least of frustration and confusion. Part of why I didn't learn how to argue what scripture actually says um, to be able to engage in that kind of conversation, um, it was first about my skill level, but it was also because that's not how the Greek language works. It's complicated, and we do not always know what the words mean. Sometimes it was unclear in the earliest documents how they intended a word to be translated. Uh, it's hard sometimes to know what the New Testament authors meant um, or what individual words actually even mean because they don't even exist. Part of why um, Hebrew is even worse for this. Uh, even though my exam ended in tears, um, <laughs> it ended in tears because we were given this long passage that we were supposed to translate. 
And as I was translating the story of Abraham about to sacrifice Lot, somehow I translated that that Abraham's son was actually the donkey, and um, I couldn't figure out how to fix it. I knew it wasn't right. I just kept looking at it going, okay, I know his son wasn't a donkey, so, but I don't know how to fix this. Um, somehow, um, I uh, had to leave the class and, and come back and get it right, but despite how class ended, um, Hebrew is a beautiful language that I loved learning. It's uh, more about the picture that the language is painting than trying to say something directly for an argument. Where the words are positioned in a sentence, when they show up, what words they show up next to are just as important as the actual word. It's a metaphoric, symbolic kind of language. Um, And as you saw in the video, when you can read all of the layers and the textures, it creates something that we can't just translate word for word into the English versions that we read. Our version will always come up wanting because we we just don't have the language for it. We don't use language the way that they did. I grew up in a culture where if you didn't believe in a literal creation, of the earth in six days with a day of rest, you weren't really Christian. In fact, we were trained to argue it in our schools. Don't let those science teachers, don't let that education get the best of you. Now, I believe that God could have created the world in six days if God wanted to, but I've come to think that maybe arguing that point, uh, arguing that was never really the point of this text. I think that's Also why we have two creation accounts. This is, uh, the video just talks about the first one. In the next chapter, we have a different creation account that does relay the information uh, in a different kind of way. Some traditions, like the one I grew up in, pick and choose what we take from these two creation stories to create our own and then say, you take this literally or you don't really honor scripture. (laughs) Even though, In that tradition, you're leaving pieces of the stories out. But what if we've gotten the argument wrong? What if we look at the larger picture that's being painted here with words and not just the words themselves? As you saw in the video, the picture that's painted is a picture of perfection. One of the things they didn't say is that seven is not only the day of Sabbath, but seven is also the sign of perfection. It's a number of perfection. It's important that the pattern of sevens keeps showing up over and over again. Every day of creation ends with God saying it was good, except for humanity, which God says was very good. But it's not the the actual words. It's even the structure of the words that are saying that creation is good. It is so overwhelmingly trying to send us the message on every possible level that creation was good. It was perfection that maybe we should realize that all the little things that we take out, that we pick and choose to argue about, aren't really the point. The picture that's being painted with the words is trying to tell us that creation was good. It was good, just as God had intended it to be. And it is important for us to hear that message. Creation was good and perfect. And even in this perfect place, 
the humans were tempted. They were told, this place is not really good enough. You're not really good enough. There's more. Maybe this is another way of understanding the creation story. Maybe the original sin is doubting the creation. Listening to the lie that we need more. We need to be more. When you look at human history, it is that belief, that personal doubt, that drive to constantly be working towards more, to be more or less ourselves, to own more, to dominate and control other things, other people, creation, to prove that we are enough, to keep trying to earn more, to keep comparing ourselves to other people, that it is the root of our troubles. Maybe that is the great sin in our world. The global personal development market, uh, self-help market, is anticipated to reach $56.66 billion of an industry by the year 2027, which would mean that it expands 5.1% between 2020 and 2027. The value of the total U.S. weight loss market is estimated to have declined in 2020 by a historic 25%. Um, but uh, because of all of normal weight loss centers uh, and medical programs being closed, however, in 2021, it quickly bounced right back, uh, up 24% to a $72.6 billion industry. The financial services industry, which all of these things include good programs as a part of them, but all of this is too much. The, the financial services industry, what helps us earn money, protect our possessions, gain more possessions, um, was valued to reach $20.49 trillion in 2020, and it's expected to reach $28.53 trillion in the year 2025. Maybe we've lost peace because we feel like we always have to be doing more. We always need to be more. We always need to be less. We need to earn more, own more in order to be safe or even to prove our worth. We've been struggling with this since the beginning of time. We cannot see that a God has anything to do with our world because we've forgotten the one that created it, called it good. We've been too busy telling God to just, shush, shush, shush. we've got this. We just need one little thing to make it better. <laughs> God created you and called it very good. Hold that truth really close because everything else will fight to take that away. To help you remember that, I have a little book to read. It's a book called God Loves You. I've read it to the youth before. Um, I found this book um, when Caroline and Caleb were very little um, and gave it to them. Um, and so I'm going to read it, and uh, it's going to scan the pages up there so you can see. You can be silly, or you can be sad. You can be merry, or you can be mad. You can be grumpy, 
or you can be glad. God loves you just as you are. You can be short or you can be tall. You can be big or you can be small. Your size and your shape don't matter at all. God loves you just as you are. You can be messy or you can be neat. You can be pokey or fast on your feet. March with the others or to your own beat. God loves you just as you are. You can be dark or you can be light. You can be shades of the day or the night. Whatever your color, it suits you just right. God loves you just as you are. God made each part from your head to your toe. Day in and day out, he is helping you grow. God made you special. And that's how you know God loves you just as you are. Will you pray with me? God, we have so many voices that try to tell us to be more or less. That try to tell us we need more. We need to keep doing more. We need to keep earning more. This morning, help us to hold tight to the truth that you created us and said it was very good. No matter if we feel like we're succeeding at life or failing at everything, help us to feel your love wrapping us up, knowing that we are your creation made in your very special image. We ask all of this in your name. Amen.